let's put this in context. Getting to the conference finals with no other all-stars on your roster. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know anyone else that's done it outside of a 2007 LeBron James with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. We're going to see now Golden State's the next roadblock for Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavs. But if he can get them there, which I think is very possible against a Golden State team that's nice, they're good, but they're not what they were. Oof. Does this elevate him into a different, and I mean different, conversation? Love. I got what you want. I know what you want. I got what you need. I know what you need. I got what you like. I know what you like. I got what you love. I am your plug. Really on the plug. Really on the plug. Really on the plug. And we are back. Back again. This is another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you on this illustrious Sunday. You'll get this on a Monday. Is your boy Faraz, and I got with me stir fry tie in the building. Yes, yes, sir, sir. We're coming to you live and direct off the Game Seven Super Sunday. Yes, sir. We got two of them, which I think is a perfect amount. You know, three might be too much. Two is that sweet spot. And boy, but was it super! It was super. We <laughs> heard about it. It was hyped up. You know, everyone. I had my popcorn ready. Sit down and watch two, yes, two Game 7s. But I'm not going to lie to you guys. As much as I'd love to say that this lived up to the hype, it didn't. Both of these games were over by the third quarter. Both of them. Yeah, bro. To be quite frank, two major upsets, if you ask Mm. me. Two of the guys that, two teams that you didn't think, for me at least, I didn't think they were going to win. Both those teams won, right? And uh, before we get into it, because we're going to break it down a little bit later, but man, like these Celtics are making me and you look bad, bro. <laughs> hey, man, not too bad. Yeah. Like, look, Giannis, and I was going to talk about this later, but I could say it now too. Every year, every postseason, at least two or three series are impacted seriously by injuries, right? And this year is no exception. We had Joel Embiid go down early come into that series against the hobbled we had Devin Booker miss time even though I didn't think that have an impact we had Chris Middleton miss the whole round which I really think would have changed the tide yeah for sure these things happen right it's a part of sports but I think a fully healthy Bucks team we have a different result yeah I mean I'm with you for sure um however a next year's fully healthy Bucks team I don't think is as big of a difference as it would have been for this year because unfortunately now the Celtics are rolling, man. They've they've got momentum, and I don't want to get too too ahead of ourselves. I, I think our first point was going to be over in the Western Conference, so uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna save that point. I'm gonna save that point for for when we get to it. You know. All right. Well, you set it off. Let's get into it. Mavs winning Game Seven over Phoenix, man. Lucas set the tone. Lucas set the tone. And by now, everyone knows what that man, Don the Killer, did <laughs> to Phoenix. And he, like I said, set the tone and the rest of the Mavs followed. Spencer Dinwiddie, we were talking off air and I told you a couple of days ago how we've yet to see the Dinwiddie game. Spencer's yeah. dancing on him tonight, man. Boy, boy, was he dancing, man. 30 points, made it look easy, you know, and honestly... 
Excuse me. Wow. Uh, honestly, it was more the Suns game to lose than it was the Mavericks to win. And they came out, boy, and they beat the brakes off them Phoenix Suns, man. CP3 who? You know what I'm saying? I honestly did not expect it. What are some of your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I, I want to take it here, right? Suns win the first two games. They're up 2-0. They're going to Dallas, and they have a chance to step on this team's throat. Yep. They did not. In two games in Dallas, in three games in Dallas, because we know the series is over. But at that point, two games in Dallas, they failed to close the deal. From that point on, it allowed the others to get going, right? You see Jalen Brunson playing with confidence since that point. Kleber is playing with confidence. Bertans knocking down everything in sight. And, like, once you let a team like that get going and start feeling good, getting in a rhythm, it's contagious. Yes, it didn't spread to Phoenix until Game 7, but you had the opportunity to put that team away, and they didn't do that. Yeah, no. Nah, uh, you said it. And, you know, this, this is definitely the more experienced team coming off a finals run. You know, they've got Chris Paul. Devin Booker, who at this point, you know what I mean, he's he's played a few years in the league, man. You know, I wouldn't quite call him a veteran, but he's definitely got some experience on his belt. And the rest of the squad, man, they were they were a well-oiled machine on their way to the finals. And to be quite frank, this Mavericks team wasn't thought to be much of a challenge. You mentioned up big early on in the series, two games very close to being three games. And Luka willed, you know, he willed this team to this victory, man. Like, honestly, there's no other way about it. Luka Doncic, man, he came into the league on fire. Between him and Trey Young, man, we thought that the future was was very bright. He didn't even start off this season fantastic, but as the season went on, he really found his place, you know? And not to say Luka Doncic wasn't a hooper, but when I say I mean found his place, being able to now be the focus of the other team's defense but still being able to put numbers and deal with that. And again, that takes some guys five, six years in the league to do, you know, which we saw with the likes of Devin Booker and those kind of guys. Man, Luka Doncic, three years into the league, is looking like a, a eight, ten, eight to nine-year vet. He Luka is absolutely Doncic killing. is on a fast track to the top ten in the NBA all time. Like, what he's doing right now, let's put this in context Getting to the conference finals with no other all-stars on your roster. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know anyone else that's done it outside of a 2007 LeBron James with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Seriously. And credit to Nick Wright on First Things First, because he said this first, but he went into depth comparing that run, the 2007 Cavs, to what Luka did. And at that point, 2007, LeBron James, yes, we know, the chosen one. He had a lot of hype behind him, but this is when he emerged in the playoffs for the first time and led a no-name bunch into the finals. Yeah. We're going to see now. Golden State's the next roadblock for Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavs, but if he can get them there, which I think is very possible against a Golden State team that's nice, they're good, but they're not what they were, Oof. does this elevate him into a different, and I mean different, conversation? Dude, Luka is, is finally showing us what we expected out of this guy for, you know, from the moment he stepped into the league, you know, we started hearing this name, Luka Doncic, when he was 16 in Europe, killing everybody for Real Madrid, you know, he came into the league, made it look like he was, again, a five-year vet during his rookie season. Dude, Luka Doncic, like you mentioned, he's on a fast pace, a fast route to becoming one of the greatest players of all time. You know what I mean? Like, s simple as that. You know, we compared him to the likes of LeBron, and to be quite frank, at this point, man, like... He's not there yet, but he deserves some of those comparisons, bro. Just that people can make that comparison yeah. and no one bats an eye is yeah. insane. 
And I would I would even argue that, you know, what Luka's doing right now with this team is actually a little bit more impressive than what LeBron did with that team. Like, at the end of the day, obviously, you know, he's LeBron. So we're going to always be like, okay, well, you're LeBron. So we're not going <laughs> to give him as much credit, even though that's not fair. But all jokes aside, right, if you look at that roster and you look at this Mavericks roster, right, forget about the talent in every position, but the Cleveland Cavaliers' positions were more filled out. They had a more balanced roster. If you look at this uh, Mavericks team, they have a very, very, very heavy backcourt, and they barely have any guys in their front court. Do you Bro, I got to go back to, to what you just said. Yes, and I do, but I got to go back to what you just said with the comparison to LeBron and how my initial bodily reaction was to kind of like, Ugh. Nah, we can't do that. Yeah. But like, yo, go back to even 16-year-old LeBron versus 16-year-old Luka. They say 16-year-old LeBron was the best high school player ever. 16-year-old Luka was winning championships in the Euro League. 18-year-old Luka was an MVP in the Euro League. Yeah. Like, it's kind of apples to apples, bro. I mean, dude, I'm I'm not in disagreement with you at all. And again, what, what gives Luka, if we're to like... Just put all biases aside. Forget about this is LeBron James and this is Luka Doncic. If you just compare the the resume, right? You might give the slight edge to Luka because he was doing it in the pros, right? Yeah. Not not in the not in the uh, high school and amateur levels of the United States. So that's something that you always got to consider. Again, we're not saying Luka Doncic is better than LeBron James, but damn, the way that he's playing, he's looking like like a star. And especially if you chop it off at this point, age 23, I think Luka is 23, 24, right? And if you look at what LeBron did at 23, 24, there's no titles yet. Like, it's... Uh. And, and at this point, right, LeBron wasn't the triple-double triple Don like we know him to be. Luka's putting up 35 and 10 playing point. You know what I mean? Basically, right? Obviously, he's a, he's a bigger guard, right? But at the same time, these numbers that he's putting up right now is ridiculous, man. And again... This is a loaded Phoenix Suns roster fresh off a finals run with somebody who there's nobody probably more determined to win a championship in this league besides Chris Paul. You know what I mean? There's no one as determined as him to win a championship. And you beat him, we know Chris Paul to be an absolute dog. Bulldog on the court. You know what I mean? Absolute killer. And you're able, again, some injuries to Devin Booker, all these other things. But I mean, if you look at the way the game panned out, you would think that the Mavericks were the better team the way that it played, the game played out, you know? Wow, yeah, glad you brought that up because I almost forgot I had something I wanted to talk about with him. Right, I think a lot of people are going to jump on D-Book for his poor performance, especially game six, game seven. Not what you expected from your best player on the formal finals teams. Yeah. But you can't look past CP3 because this is, okay, Suns are the better team going in. We all agree that. Better roster, 1 through 15. Probably better coach. 2-0 lead. Home court advantage. And he lost this series again. This is not the first time. Could blame it on Doc in the past, but Chris was there too. Okay. Finals, you up 2-0 last year. You did it again. Chris, I love you. Like, I don't know. I see you looking for us. I can't, but... He averaged 13 and 6 this series for us. We can't give him a pass for that. 13 and 6. Point God? <laughs> Point God? Who? Man, man, honestly, 
I'm laughing because Chris Paul is probably the, the pettiest person in the entire world. Like we, we we touched about it after the Pelican series, and he couldn't even give Jose Alvarado the credit of saying his name. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, after a, this is probably the worst performance in Chris Paul's playoff career. Not only the average for the series, but a closing out game seven, he put up ten points, four assists, and one rebound in thirty one minutes. Not not, like you Paul, mentioned. Not the Chris Paul, not the point guard, not the floor general that I know. You know what I'm saying? I was gracing the cover of NBA Live 07. You know what I'm <laughs> oh, saying? In the Charlotte jersey, yes, sir. You know what I mean? Um, no, nah, man. I, I'm I'm laughing though because all of that, all of that went down, right? But what made highlights the most is after the game, right? Chris Paul, instead of you know owning up, not to say that he didn't, but owning up to poor performances, taking all the credit. We see him limp out of the arena. Okay. Oh, yeah? I missed yeah. this. Yeah. Chris Paul limps out of the arena. The reporters come and ask him what's wrong, and he refuses to comment. Mm. Right? So I just think it's ever so convenient after the worst playoff performance in his entire career, where there was no apparent sign of injury throughout the game, he limps out of the arena. And that's just why I was laughing. I just think Chris Paul is so petty. It could never, it could never be his fault. And the f- another funny thing is, is that's rubbing off on D-Book. He picked up a little of that himself. We saw him flailing, flopping on the ground, waiting for 10 minutes like LeBron used to do and saying, this is the Luka special. You know, we see him chirping at, at Luka to Don Doncic. Oh, that's got to make this victory so much sweeter. It's oh, yeah. got to feel good for Dallas. Come on. Yeah. Man, this is the thing, right? We, you very rarely have guys who live up to the hype. Excuse me. They, there's the hype. The hype is through the roof. They live up to it, and then they exceed that hype, right? Because to be quite frank with you guys, man, a lot of people, they weren't sold on Luka, they, Luka, uh, excuse me, Luka Doncic, right? They know he can hoop, but basically it was like when Larry Bird f- first came into the league, you know? If he was not white, would we even be talking about him? And at the end of the day, color, race aside, Luka is one of the best talents we've seen in a long time, and he's showing that. I'm still a little shocked they made it, um, but let's talk about who they're facing in the next round, that's Golden State. They just finished handling Memphis Grizzlies in six games, which means we got to see Game Six Clay, right? And if you didn't remember about Clay's performances in Game Six, he was there to remind you, okay? Because not only did his thirty points remind you, he was holding up six fingers. Jordan Poole was letting everybody know after the game. So, Game Six Clay back again. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing going through Clay's mind was. If I ever hear any motherfucker talk about a pool party again, I'm fucking leaving this squad. I'm the sec- I'm number two. I'm fucking robbing to this Batman. You know what I'm trying to say? So I think Clay had to let him know, like, listen, man, I'm Clayway. You know what I'm saying? Got to get in my way. It hits my hands. It's going up. You know what I'm saying? So, and if it's up, then it's up. You know what I mean? If so, it's up, then it's up. Right? So, no, with all that being said, though, big shouts out to Clay, man. We've been waiting for a performance like this in the playoffs and no better... No better time than Game Six, man. We remember in that OKC OKC series a few years back, where he was able to carry and bring them back Game Six, Game Seven after being down three one to KD and them. You know, uh, just just a beautiful thing. And so I say all that to say this to kind of return back to my point about the Mavericks, man. Um, if this team was facing anybody else, right? If the Grizzlies had just beat the Warriors, I might give it to the Mavericks. You know what I mean? Just off rip, even though we know Jaw is a killer. But, dude, you have the Warriors. They're on fire. 
Steph is on fire. Jordan Poole is on fire. Clay catching some heat. You know what I'm saying? Draymond holding it down like he always does. This Warriors team out of nowhere is poised to win a championship, man. And so unfortunately, right, we're not going to probably see too much of the Luka Doncic show going forward or maybe not in the finals this year. But dude, I think this is so important. And and when we kind of shoot back to the Eastern Conference after we're done with this segment, um, it'll be able to, the point will be able to round itself out. But the future of the league is here, man. And it's in bright hands, you know? Yeah, Luka is special. Luka is special, but so are the Warriors. Um, one thing, it was cool to see Golden State win how they used to win. A lot of their success, most of their wins this postseason have come when Jordan Poole plays exceptionally well, like 30 points, 25 points, whatever it is. He's given a lot. Um, and, and like you mentioned, has been the second scorer. This was a flashback performance, right? It was Steph, Clay, Dre leading the attack. And everyone else filling in, fitting in where they get in. Draymond was actually attacking. Do you know he only shot 15 times? 15 field goals on the last series through five games? Like, that's it. Five games, 15 Uh shots. It's crazy. But he actually took, I think, 14 shots in that elimination game. Was efficient doing it. Like, he was becoming Ben Simmons that Doc Rivers talked about post-game. Like, why are you passing up layups and dunks? That's what Draymond was doing. He was becoming a complete non-threat, and that made them harder to guard because you can latch on to shooters. Obviously, you're not going to be playing Draymond on the line, but if you don't have to play him in the paint either, now you really can lock down their shooters. So I think that has to continue um, for them to play well and beat these Mavs. Yes, they, they are capable, but what Jason Kidd just showed us right now in that series, in that game seven, is he'll figure it out defensively like that game plan they just threw like Devin Booker Chris Paul injury or not shut down and completely taken out of that game like they could not do anything offensively seriously seriously no he locked him down and again right that's why we we nine times out of ten assume being a great point guard in this league being a great basically on-floor coach uh coach in this league translates well to the head coach position right which obviously we didn't see from Steve Nash, but Jason Kidd showing us still to this day why he's one of the greatest point guards in the history of the league, man. Being able to change schemes on the fly. And again, right, you don't have too much time to practice these things because you only have one or two days in between games. So, man, the adjustments that they were able to make later on in the series, basically when uh, the games got to Dallas, changed the whole tide of the series, man. And, and it's yeah. important that you mentioned him. And I think you made a distinction in one of our videos but about the difference in play style between Steve Kerr and Steve, I mean, not Steve Kerr, Jason Kidd and Steve Nash and how that lends to their coaching styles. Like, yeah. yes, Steve Nash was the MVP. Jason Kidd never sniffed it. But Jason Kidd was an elite defender. Yeah. And that has turned transitioned into his coaching style where Steve Nash was his turnstile. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, bro. Steve Nash was one of the biggest liabilities. Like, for someone to have won the MVP, probably the biggest liability on the defensive end of the floor, Facts. who's also won an MVP. Big you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, no, you mentioned it, bro. And that's the thing, right? Not to say that Steve Nash wasn't a killer on the court, but he was never the dog that Jason Kidd was. And, again, like you said, like, all of these things, at the end of the day, it's personality traits, right? They translate onto the floor, whether you're coaching, whether you're playing, whatever it may be, you know? Yeah, and I also so, think it's part of, like, the coaches you play for, right? So yeah. Jason Kidd, I don't remember who his coaches were. I wasn't a big, a huge net fan back in the day. But 
Mike, Mike D'Antonio was Steve Nash's coach, and they were just trying to outscore guys. He didn't care about defense. So, like, where facts, is he going to learn that from? A hundred percent. So, and that's the thing, right? The Nets has a team to the Nets have a team to be able to do that with two out, two out of the ten top scorers in the league. You got shooters and Joe Harris and Seth Curry and guys. Anyways, we're not talking about the Nets, man. The Nets, yeah. you lost. So we're going to now talk about the team that beat you. But right before we do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you like, like that. that. You like that, yeah, right? Professional <laughs> podcaster right there. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. You know what I'm saying? But uh, with all that being said, though, man, we have the Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks, bro. Series lining up. You know what I'm saying? We got experience versus the entertainment. Who you going with? While I think Luca's run can continue, can and will continue, I have the team with home court because I think it's that close. It'll probably end up in another seven-game series, Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, and no doubt in my mind it's going to probably go to seven. I mean, if anything, I could see Warriors winning in six because, again, man, five if not more championship runs out of the last seven years, right? That kind of experience, man, like... You can't you can't make that stuff up. You can't, can't gloss over that. Stuff. that. You, yeah. you know what I mean? You gotta go through that kind of thing. And excuse me, man. It's on the uh, Yeah, you get one thing I will say though. This is the first time in a long time Golden State is entering a series with the less talented shooters. Like for for seven years now, we've been saying they got Steph, they got Clay. They're gonna be the better shooters. This yo. Luca, Claver, Bertans. Bertans right now is shooting better than Clay. Steph's been off, right? He's yeah. he's still gonna have a game where he's eight three. He's probably gonna have a couple of them. Yeah, and that's but, the thing though. He's scoring a lot of his points at the line. You're 100 percent yeah. right. That's just different. Not saying they can't win that way, but it's just a little different. No, you I think it's funny that you mentioned this because this is probably the, the best worst shooting playoff team. This year? Well, I mean, honestly, you're right. They have not been winning these games with the three ball. Of course, it has come in. Clay's dropping 30. You know, that's that's not that hasn't a, been an everyday yeah. occurrence so far. But they've been pounding teams. Like, they've been beating teams. And that's the thing. They kind of matched the Grizzlies' play style, if you, if you notice that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but with that being said, though, yeah, no, we're, we're on the same page. For me, six, you said seven, but I could definitely see it going to seven. Luca will continue to hoop. He might have a couple of 40-point, 10-rebound games in there even. You know, like, I am I think he's playing that ridiculous. But, again, at the end of the day, it's not enough to stop Steph, Draymond, and Clay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Big facts. All right. Next up, we got to talk about it. Another shocker for me, personally. Boston beating Milwaukee in Game 7 at TD Garden. Man, a couple thoughts. The lasting image from this series, I know there's a couple of them. Giannis had some posters. Jason Tatum with the huge game, six. But it was really Al Horford and Grant Williams, about three minutes left in game six. They're trying to get a stop. They really need one against Giannis. They're going back on defense. They are literally holding hands, holding hands, trying to stop Giannis from getting to the basket. (laughs) And that picture, that image will be imprinted in my head for a long time. But, man, Boston pulls it out. Elite defense. Jason Tatum knocking on that door again. Top 10. Wow. Frost, what are your thoughts? Dude, so many thoughts, right? So the first, the first thought that comes to mind is, like, 
we're just talking about a Bucks dynasty, right? And this yep. Celtics team beat the most talented team in the NBA and the best team in the NBA back-to-back. I think we were talking about the wrong dynasty, bro. And I'm not going to turn a Celtics fan all of a sudden. The Bulls are not in the playoffs currently. Next year, we're going we're gonna to beat the bricks off anybody who we <laughs> face. You know what I'm saying? I had to still put that out there. But, dude, this Celtics team really is poised for a dynasty run if they can really get it together. First-year coach, and this is the result, you're not going to get any better than that. Jason Tatum entering his prime early. Jalen Brown, I don't think he's entered his prime quite yet, but he's playing like it. Dude, these guys, again, have the opportunity to be two out of the five best players in the league. Again, I'm not saying today. I'm not saying next year but in the next three or four years and be on the same team. Now, there's no reason why they can't stay on the same team together. They don't play the same position. Their play style complements each other. They've got guys like Marcus Smart and a great coach. And man, to be quite frank, and not to say that this is a person that's going to last with the team for a long time, but look how Al Horford is playing, bro. This guy Al Horford has turned the clocks back five, ten years. He said, yo estoy here. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I, I gotta shoot some holes in that Boston okay, okay. dynasty. All right, I'm still standing by what I said. Milwaukee. We never called them a dynasty, even though we put out that special and it was the title. Yeah, yeah. We just said they're really good. We think they're gonna they make some trips to the finals and beat some really good teams. Yeah. Yep. Like we compared them to the Detroit Pistons with Isaiah Thomas where they beat Larry Bird's Celtics, they beat Michael Jordan's Bulls before they got to it, and they beat Magic's Lakers. Lakers. I don't know why I couldn't think of Lakers. <laughs> but with Boston, Chris Middleton's in this series is a totally different game, right? Drew Holiday got exposed on the offensive end. When we think Drew, we think defense, and that's for a reason, because his defense is above his offense. Yep. When he is forced to create as much as he was as the second option, not the third it exposes a lot of his game. He tries to get to the rim. He, it's really threes or layups, and everything else is clunky. And he was getting his shot blocked a lot, forced a lot, trying to get fouls that he wasn't getting calls on. And it just was asking him to do too much. When Chris Middleton is there, he gets to slot into a very comfortable role where he just has to make big shots. He just has to be the third ball handler, and he can lock up on defense for 48 minutes. On Boston's side, Ime Udoka deserves a whole ounce of credit, like so much credit. I don't know how they went from Bad Stevens to Ime Udoka and just like there was no drop off, but that's what happened. And to solve Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then Giannis back to back, like that's a Picasso piece right there you just put out, Ime, like year one. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah, you can't make that stuff up, man. But. (laughs) I was waiting for it. (laughs) Yeah, but Jalen Brown is close, and I think he can become a championship number two, but he's not there yet. And there's such a big drop-off between a third player on offense. Marcus Smart is kind of that guy. I just don't think it's enough. Yes, this is a depressed talent state that we're in, right? Like, I don't know. There's no Warriors out there, 17 Warriors out there. There's no, I mean, Luka is the best player now, but he has no other all-stars on his team. So yeah. if there's a year you can win with that, it's this year. But 
dynasty, I just don't see the pieces there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I hear you. So a couple a couple points. So we're in a hundred percent agreement about uh I wanna say be saying is the Ime. Yep. Ime Doka. Iudoka, yeah. Absolute killer, man. Be able to come and do what he did. And the thing is, right, you don't have st- these aren't ten year stars, right? These are guys who are very much developing, right? The fact that you weren't you were able to still give them that professional environment where you were able to add to their development, keep them competitive, and again, arguably more competitive than Brad Stevens had them, you know, in your first year as a head coach, like you said, can't get any better than that. Ready. All right, well, this is just how you draw it up. We got the one seed Miami versus the two seed Boston playing to see who gets into the finals. And the question for me is, right, we know what Miami is on defense. They're going to get into them. They're going to get into Boston's guards. They're going to make it tough for Al Horford, Bams for sure. But does Miami have enough offensive firepower? That's what it comes down to for me. Ah, it's tough because they're going to need someone else to step up, right? We saw how they got here. They beat a wounded Philly team. They managed to overcome Jimmy Butler being the only person that traveled to these road games and performed other than Struess in that closeout game. And now they are here four wins away from a trip to a com- oh, trip to a finals. Second in two, second in three years at that, right? That was 2020. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Right. <laughs> Kind of still, still rubbing off on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> um, no, man, you beautifully said, and I think what helps the Heat's case um, is the fact that they're not relying on any particular guy to give you 30 or 25. They basically need 20 to 25 points from Jimmy Butler, and they need everybody else to give you 10 to 15 points. They don't rely on Bam to give them 30 every night or Jimmy to give them 30 every night or relying on Tyler here to give them 25. They basically need their star and Jimmy Butler to show up and lock down on the defensive end, right? And they need everybody else to have okay games, which we saw they were able to get away with in the Sixers series. They're not going to be able to get away with it as easy in the Celtics series just because of the matchups. I think this is going to be a very, very even series throughout. What I was trying to wrap my head around this matchup and see who I thought would come out with the edge. And I just kind of did the position battles in my head. And I'm leaning Boston because, yes, you have Jimmy Butler to guard Jason or Jalen, but that is their strongest. Is P.J. Tucker on the heat right now? I'm confused. This nigga changes teams every year. Okay. P.J. <laughs> Tucker is a problem. P.J. Tucker will be helpful. But yeah. Kyle Lowry is kind of nullified in this series because the Celtics don't really run any great offensive point guards. Marcus Smart is the closest to that. Or Peyton yeah. Pritchard, if you like him. I don't. Tyler Hero is going to get swallowed up by Boston's wing defenders. They got great wing defenders. You could put Derek White on him, Jason Tatum on him, Jalen Brown on him, and they really rely on him for offense. Um, So that mainly reason Tyler Hero not being as effective as as he has been this whole year is why I think Boston has the edge. Yeah. Um, You know, we're, we're in unison. We're in sync, bro. I'm with you. It's not a runaway for the Celtics is what I'm trying to say, you know? Um, And I think, again, the reason being, and we go back to Jimmy Butler, man, because of I've never seen someone be average and sometimes sub-average in the regular season and be Michael Jordan in the playoffs 
every single year. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like I've never seen. I, I don't know if it's just he takes his foot he off has the another gas. Another year. It's gotta be man because what he did in 2020 in the bubble against Brown and them, bro, is honestly history. Like it's 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 poetic what he did with that Miami Heat squad. You know. Um, but with all that being said, you mentioned it. The Celtics team is a better team overall, t- talent wise. Uh, they have the two stars in Jalen Brown and Jimmy. But- excuse me, Jalen Brown and J- uh, Jason Tatum. Whole heap of Jays, right? Um, <laughs> two JBs too, right? So um, with that being said, though, I give the edge to the Celtics. Although the Heat do have the home advantage, and that's going to definitely help them. Uh, it's going to be a fun series, bro. This is going to be one of the most interesting series we've had in a long time. The future of the league is here. Between Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic, man, we did not expect them to be able to get their teams to this point. Basically, they were both already written off. And again, we as fans are lucky. Going forward, this is going to be a lot of fun, especially come playoff time, man. We see the transition. Yeah, we are at the boiling point, the crossroads, the crest. I don't know what I was trying to say there, but <laughs> shit, man, we're close to crowning a champion. And if that don't get you excited, I don't know what will. It's been another episode of the Hoop Plug. Faraz, any final thoughts? Nah, man, besides the fact that I'm on my uh, middle-aged dad swag cheering on my kid at the game, hmm. I'm, just, I'm just cooling, bro. You know what I'm saying? We let it all out there on the pod, just like your favorite NBA stars leave it out there on the court. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Ty, any, any closing remarks, any finishing thoughts? Just that one, we forgot to shout out the people that are listening on Overcast for the first time, but I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> shout out to y'all, shout out to y'all. We know we got some new listeners coming in from Overcast, so shouts to y'all for the loyal listeners. Shouts to y'all too. As always, if you enjoy what you're listening to, make sure you rate us five stars, like, check out the YouTube, check out the Instagram, that's hoop underscore plug. And as always, Frost, let them know where we get that flavor. Put some flavor in here.